This is HPR episode 2874 entitled, Repair of GE. Variable Speed Cassette Recorder, it is the 80th anniversary show of John Culp, and is about 20 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, I talk about repairing a 1997 handheld cassette recorder, and demonstrate its use. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hey everybody, this is John Culp in Lafayette, Louisiana, and this morning I'm sitting out on the deck at our house while our new kittens play in the yard. We're trying to get them where they can be outside and not get lost, gradually introducing them to the great outdoors, and uh, they're over there having a great time, attacking each other, finding bugs, um, looking at birds, all kind of stuff like that. It's a good time. Um... Today I wanted to talk to you guys about something that I found yesterday. Uh, as you guys know, if you've ever heard any of my other episodes before, I really like to haunt thrift stores looking for um, interesting things. And yesterday I found a pretty cool little device. I don't know that it's a especially high quality, but it had a, a certain interest to me. It is a, a handheld cassette recorder. Uh, by GE. It is model number 3-5363A, battery-operated cassette recorder uh, by General Electric. It looks kind of like a Walkman, only most Walkmans don't have the record function. This one has a record function. It only plays in mono, as far as I can tell. And um, I'm assuming it was meant as a, like, um, a dictation device, what later would have been People would use micro cassette recorders for recording, I don't know, doctor's notes, lectures, um, interviews, stuff like that. This records on regular size cassettes. And the, the thing that really intrigued me about this when I decided to buy it was that it has a variable speed playback knob. And so uh, I, I don't think I had ever seen a handheld cassette thing that had variable speed playback. So I decided to buy it. It didn't have a price on it, but when I took it up to the register and said, this doesn't have a price, but I'd like to buy it, she said, 99 cents. And I said, okay, I will buy it for 99 cents. Um, Of course, it didn't work. What would the fun be if it worked when you bought it? Um, There were a few things wrong with it. I'm just going to kind of step through. I've got a Flickr photo album that you could follow along with if you'd like to. I don't, although I don't think I started with the photos of the battery compartment. As you can imagine, something that hadn't been used in years had a very corroded battery compartment with uh, badly corroded batteries in it, so I just dumped those out. And um, first thing I did was to clean out the corrosion using Q-tips, that's uh, cotton swabs, 
and vinegar and that got rid of it pretty good so that cleaned it all out but then I discovered that there was a piece missing you know how for uh, battery packs with double uh, A batteries or triple A or whatever there's one end that's flat for the positive end of the battery and then the other end is springy for the flat end for the negative part of the battery well <clears throat> first of all this is kind of a weird deal in that both batteries go the same direction so the the negative end of both batteries is at the same side of the device normally one goes one way and one goes the other but in this one they both go the same direction but one of the springy bits uh, was missing it had rusted I suppose and broken off and so it, uh, I knew that would have to be addressed before I could get any power but I decided to go ahead and take the thing uh, like open the thing up anyway before addressing the power issue to see what else was wrong I suspected that the belt would need to be replaced but I didn't realize how badly it would need to be replaced um, in case you're not going to be able to look at the photos and are just listening uh, I've got some I'll, I'll just kind of describe the device a little bit it's about the size of a Walkman it's got buttons for stop fast forward rewind there's a little slider switch for play or pause there's a large play button and then a smaller record button right next to it and then next to all the buttons is a um, a knob not a knob what, do you, what would you call these kinds of it's like a, a volume knob but it's it's the kind where you can just access one little part of it it's not sticking up out of the device anyway it, that's for the variable speed playback and then on the top of the device there's a headphone jack a microphone and a minimum and maximum uh, that's the volume knob okay and then there is also a place for DC power supply although I don't have one that will fit this it's three volts positive sleeve negative tip and then there's a battery compartment oh and there's a speaker on the back there's a very small speaker so that you can record and listen back immediately without the use of headphones um, okay so let me walk through the picture so the first thing I found when I opened up the case one thing that I noticed is it was very easy to open up to me that's a mark of quality build I mean it's kind of a cheap device but in the category of cheap devices the build quality was actually very hacker friendly in that there were four obvious screws after which you could easily take the back off and access the um, drive belt which I found was a black gooey mess the consistency of tar and so it, it took some doing to get that belt out of there and uh, that the I think the longest part of my um, repair process of this was just getting the belt cleaned out that took at least 20-30 minutes uh, because it's not that easy to access the little wheel and that stuff was kind of difficult I, I kept dipping a uh, scrap of t-shirt into alcohol and then trying to like use my fingernail to slide that t-shirt with alcohol in the little groove and then just gently roll it around and around to clean off as much goo as I could uh, anyway there's a picture of the gooey bits if you'd like to see there's also a picture of the belt in place and you can tell that there's a problem because it you know it's not tight it's kind of looks thicker on one side and thinner on the other and it's curved in a way that it shouldn't be if it had proper tension uh, and then I've got a nice close-up of the belt where you can see it kind of shining on there where you know that a shiny belt is a problem either it's got oil on it or it's really in bad condition so anyway I got the, the belt off of there um, cleaned off 
the um, the drive wheel that, that is mounted on the motor and then also the large wheel that it turns. Uh, so then replacing the belt was a matter of going into my belt assortment. Um, it's very convenient that about a month ago I ordered a set of something like 70 or 80 cassette deck belts in assorted sizes. And so uh, I've got a picture of my bag of cassette belts on the Flickr photo album. There are a lot of belts in there from great big to little little bitty. And um, I found one that seemed about the right size and put it on and uh, kind of moved the wheels with my fingers and found that it, it seemed to have about the right amount of tension. And so I uh, just decided the belt was replaced and moved on. Looks good. Oh, there's a photo of a close-up of the um, belt, new belt in place. Hey, kitty, kitty. There's one of my kitties. He's sniffing around my tablet now and my... Oops. <laughs> he just flopped. He's found my cassette and the device. Why don't you go attack your brother over there in the ground cover? Um, how about the cat's tail is over my tablet? Maybe I should take a picture of the cat while... Just for environment. Oh, now he's gone. Well, maybe if he comes back. Um, let's see. I've got a picture of the cassette loading side of the device also. There are four screws there that I took out. I don't think I ended up actually removing that side of the mechanism. I, I did take the door off, although it ended up being for no purpose. Uh, I thought I would need to take the door off to access the battery compartment, but it ended up that wasn't necessary. There's a photo of the playback and record heads and pinch rollers and cap stands and all that stuff. It looks like it only, it looks like a mono tape head. So it's meant only to record and play back in mono. And then I get to the, the real difficulty. <clears throat> I mean, replacing a belt in a cassette deck is pretty much a matter of course. You're, you're almost always going to have to replace the belt in one of these old tape decks. Um, this was a more difficult problem. The power pack, uh, because the little springy bit had broken off. And so I managed to get the, the little uh, battery pack component to slide out of there where I could access um, the part that I needed and um, kind of assess the situation. And I got the old bit of a spring that was still left in there. I pulled that out. And so there was a, a socket now where I could slide another springy bit in there if I happened to have one. And uh, incredibly, I did. I found my uh, old set of uh, electric parts and you know, I had a little like a breadboard and a bunch of little um, wire bits and LEDs and stuff like that that I had kind of misplaced during our move to the new house about a year ago but then I found it and um, in there was a bit of some other device I don't know if it was a toy or or what but it I saved it thinking that I could use it as a battery pack and then um, incredibly I did need it for that so I, I took the one springy bit out of there. There's a picture of the springy bit and the original um, thing that it came from uh, on the Flickr album. Um, and so it looked like it would work, but it was too large. Like it, it was the, the springy bit was the wrong size to fit in the slot. So what I needed to do was to cut the metal thing that the spring is attached to so it would fit in the slot for this cassette recorder. And I found that uh, when I, I took it downstairs and I thought, well, I'm going to try to do this with my tin snips, even though I thought tin snips were for much larger, more bulky metal cutting things. But um, 
incredibly, when I tried to cut it with a tin snips, it cut right off, nice and clean. Didn't bend the metal at all, it just cut it off in a nice, neat thing. So I cut off both sides, went back upstairs, and uh, found that it slid right into that little hole. It just left one little corner poking out that wouldn't fit down in there, so I snipped that off with the tin snips as well. And um, I've got a picture of the new spring in place. <coughs> And then I've got another picture where it's showing where I soldered it into the black power lead. Um, and then there's another picture where the, the power case is back in, in position in the device. And then, uh, of course, the next thing is to put batteries in there and see if it works. And uh, at first it didn't power on when I pushed play. But then I, I took the batteries out and did a little bit more scraping on the positive end of the battery pack thing. Because it looked like there might be some... I don't know, rust or something on there that was keeping it from getting a good contact. And uh, after I did that, it, it played. So the thing is working. And I put it all back together and uh, listened to a tape. And then I tried the record function and it worked. I, get, I, I would say it worked fine. I think it, I would say it worked as intended. This is not a great recording device. Um, there was quite a lot of noise from, like the microphone picks up the sound of the cassette wheels turning and so there's a bit of a rumbly sound to it uh, which is not ideal but anyway I'm gonna what I'm gonna do is record something on this right now I have a new old stock cassette here which I'm going to I'm gonna take a picture of this this is gonna be the first time I've opened up a new cassette in many many years probably more than 20 years but I found this at a thrift store, of course, for 50 cents. Uh, Sony 60-minute normal bias tape, still in its original shrink wrap. And uh, that's the perfect kind of tape for this. It's not too long. It's normal bias. So you, don't, you don't need high-quality tape in a machine like this because it won't make any difference. So here we go. Maybe you can hear the sound of me taking the um, plastic off. Or maybe you can't. Cassettes have this little string that helps you turn. There we go. Okay, the plastic is off. Keep that from blowing away. Don't want to be a litter bug here. Okay, I've got a tape. Brand new tape in my restored cassette recorder variable speed cassette recorder and what I'm going to do now is start recording and I will incorporate <laughs> sorry I'm cracking up at the cats they just like were running from opposite sides of the yards and then jumped on each other they were having so much fun uh, I'm going to record on this device and incorporate that into the podcast and I will demonstrate the variable speed uh, playback as well um, let's see here we go All right, the wheels are turning, so it ought to be recording now. Um, since it only records in mono and there's a tiny little speaker on the back, I'm assuming that this was used for dictation. And the variable speed would probably be so that you could either listen to something very quickly or maybe you would record at a high speed and then play back at a low speed if it were something that were difficult to translate or to transcribe. Uh, let's say I, I could have used something like this when I 
did my research in Argentina, if I had recorded the interviews that I was conducting in Spanish at high speed, then I presumably could play them back at a lower speed that would make them easier to transcribe. Now, this is truly just changing speed. It doesn't keep a, a level pitch. And so when you start playing it back at high speed, uh, it also changes the pitch. Um, I'm not sure how much else to say about this thing. I don't know how much I'm going to use it, but it was a super fun little project to uh, take apart, clean out, and make work again. It's very, very satisfying, especially uh, fixing the electrical problem. And um, I had a really good time doing it. Um, I guess I will just add this to my collection of low-end uh, legacy technology devices, and uh, we will see how I use them in the future. I might give them away to my students at, uh, at school. Uh, I've, I've started doing this thing where, you know, students need things nowadays to keep their attention. And so we, uh, every Friday, we'll play a game where I quiz them over material that we've covered during the week. And whoever, and we do it using a platform called Kahoot. Kahoot is this, uh, gaming thing where you can, you set up questions and you show them on the screen and it keeps track of who is winning and how many points they have and all that and anyway the winner of each Kahoot on Friday gets a prize and usually it's something that I've picked up at a thrift store I've given away old records of marching bands and um, uh, I gave away a cassette tape called what was that one called it was called it was called Yodeluya it was this this guy that did yodeling and it was like these worship praise songs with yodeling in them. I thought it was hilarious, and so the, the kids really liked that. Uh, so just odd things like that. And so this little uh, cassette recorder might end up being a Kahoot prize for, uh, for my students. All right, so maybe what I'll try to do now is... Um, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start... I'm going to change the speed while it's recording and see what that does. So right now it's on normal speed. I'm going to turn the wheel up to maximum speed. So it should be recording at a much higher speed now. Or does it do that during recording? Let me watch. I'm going to watch the wheels as I'm talking here and see if the wheel speed changes when I do the knob. It looks like it might only record at one speed and then playback is variable. Okay, it does say variable speed playback. It doesn't say variable speed recording. So maybe I was wrong about what I thought about that. Okay, anyway, I think I'm going to stop recording on this device now and finish up the podcast. Actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop it, rewind it, and then play it back, and that way I can demonstrate the variable speed playback. Here's That's what I'll do. Okay, so now it stopped recording. I'm rewinding the tape. It looks like I chose the right size belt on the first try because the rewind speed looks fine and the playback seems steady. Okay, now let's listen. We'll just listen through this little speaker. Where's the volume? All right, the wheels are turning, so it ought to be recording now. Um, since it only records in mono and there's a tiny little speaker on the back, I'm assuming that this was used for dictation. And the variable speed would probably be so that you could either listen to something very quickly or maybe okay, you would so that's me talking. at a high speed 
now I'm gonna speed it up my research in Argentina, if I had recorded the interviews that I was conducting in Spanish at high speed, then I presumably could play them back at a lower speed that would make them easier to transcribe. Now, this is truly just changing speed. It doesn't keep a, a level pitch, and so when you start playing back at high speed, it also changes the pitch. This is fun. I'm not sure how much else to say about this thing. I don't know how much I'm going to use it. But it was a super fun little project to uh, take apart, clean out, and make work again. It's very, very satisfying, especially fixing the electrical <laughs> This is fun. Okay. Uh, I guess that's probably about enough. I'm going to stop now. And that that might be all there is to say about this little thing. Anyway, uh, if you enjoyed that, uh, I hope you will um, consider looking for little gadgets like this wherever you live and uh, trying to bring them back to life. It's, it, there's something very satisfying about that. One of the nice things about these kinds of devices is that there's much about them that is physical in nature and that if you fix the physical problems it will work again so in this case uh, it was missing the, the belt was damaged and that was keeping the parts from turning so you fix that the parts turn again that's one problem and then there was a physical connection that was broken on the electrical and once you repaired that connection everything works so uh, anyway that's that uh, I've enjoyed talking to you about this device and I really had fun doing the project it didn't cost me hardly anything and uh, gave me an enormous amount of pleasure and um that's it here comes a kitty i think it's time to say goodbye i'll talk to you guys some other time okay bye bye you've been listening to hacker public radio at hackerpublicradio.org we are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.